Hello everyone, welcome to 360 on History. Please check out the website 360onhistory.com, join us on our YouTube channel 360 on History and of course on all the social media. Today we are talking about two new developments in the field of DNA analysis. First, a groundbreaking library has been created with the hope to represent all of humanity and to ensure that no genetic variations are left out. The entire human genome was first sequenced in April 2003 as part of the landmark Human Genome Project and the news was shared with well-deserved fanfare. It provided fundamental information about the human blueprint, that is the DNA, and showed that we all share 99.6% of genetic information. Now, 20 years later, scientists are still working to decipher the remaining 0.2% of the variation that we have. It represents the variety and diversity of the human species. There is good news as researchers from many countries, including Canada, Denmark, Germany, Italy, Japan, Spain, the UAE, the UK and the US have now created what they have dubbed the Human Pan-Genome Reference Consortium. This is a collection of sequenced human genomes and the whole aim is to represent a wide variety of DNA sequences found across humans, Homo sapiens. This is the first step in comparing genetic variation that will enable us to understand how our genes vary and mutate. So firstly, what is a genome? A genome is all the genetic information of an organism. It consists of nucleotide sequences of DNA or RNA in RNA viruses. But then what is the pan-genome that we hear about now? The pan-genome is a composite or let's just say the beginning of a library of genome sequences initially from 47 people compiled into one data structure. It is essentially a map of the genetic code and represents human beings of diverse ethnic backgrounds. Genomes of 47 people were compared to assess what is identical and what is different among them. The idea is for it to serve as a reference for researchers trying to predict, diagnose and treat diseases for a variety of people. It will also help to better understand genetic variation across a species. Now, while the Human Genome Project was itself groundbreaking, it sourced material from only 20 people and they were mostly European. And most of the information contained in the Human Genome Project was obtained from just one mixed race person. In the pan genome, a composite of different genome is compared to highlight variations and more will be added. So again, what can the pan genome be used for? Such a reference genome can prove to be crucial for doctors and for medicine. It can help to identify mutations in patients and to diagnose genetic conditions. Now, while this is a great step forward, it needs a lot more representation of global human diversity. 
because it's still underrepresenting people from Latin America, indigenous Americans, and even from Oceania. There is still a lot more variation that needs to be added to the pan genome to really truly represent everyone, according to one of the scientists. So, now from a DNA library to what DNA can tell us about humanity's past. So, our second bit of news is about a new study that sheds light on the prehistoric migration to the Americas. It suggests that some of the first arrivals to the Americas came from China during two distinct migrations. The first during the last ice age and the second shortly after. It has been generally thought that ancient Siberians crossed over a land bridge that existed in the Bering Strait linking modern Russia and Alaska and were the only ancestors of Native Americans. This new analysis, however, says that in addition to the previously indicated ancestral sources of Native Americans in Siberia, northern coastal China also served as a genetic reservoir contributing to the gene pool. This ancient Chinese lineage is known as D4H, found in mitochondrial DNA, which is inherited only from mothers and is used to trace maternal ancestry. Researchers from the Kunming Institute of Zoology spent 10 years sifting through 100,000 modern and 15,000 ancient DNA samples across Eurasia, looking for D4H. In the end, they used 216 modern and 39 ancient individuals who came from the ancient lineage for their assessment. Mutations in the samples helped them to reconstruct D4H lineage's origin and history, showing two migration events. The first was between 19,500 and 26,000 years ago, during the last glacial maximum, when ice sheet coverage was at its greatest and climate conditions in northern China must have been inhospitable. The second occurred between 19,000 and 11,500 years ago when the ice sheet had started to melt. It is thought that the increase in populations during this period must have triggered the migrations. And during the second migration, the same lineage of people set also settled in Japan, which could explain similarities in prehistoric arrowheads and spears found in the Americas, China and Japan. The team also thinks that these travellers must have been seafarers who tra traversed the Pacific coast by boats because at this time the passageway between two ice sheets in modern Canada had not opened up. Meanwhile, during the second migration, a subgroup of people branched out from northern coastal China into Japan, contributing to the Japanese people, especially the indigenous Ainu. According to the scientists, there is complementary evidence from Y-chromosomal DNA showing male ancestors of Native Americans lived in northern China at the same time as the female ancestors. This has made the team confident in their results. So, it cannot be too far-fetched to infer that Native Americans had both Siberian and Chinese ancestry, 
even though we do not know exactly where in northern china this expansion occurred and why it took place of course more analysis of ancient genomes is needed to arrive at more concrete answers i thought in addition to my usual podcasts i would now also start adding the latest news in science and history that i think might be of interest so thank you for joining me on 360 on history see you next time